0: The Hawkeye Huddle on 1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. Well, hello again, everyone. Dave Grayton Jr. live at g Hosted today by Brucey. All right, turn up the volume, please, on the microphones so that we can all hear them. Including those of you in the back row. Alright, we can hear you. That's good to hear. There is much rejoicing. Well, it is cold outside, but it's warm inside g Come on down. Steak night. What? What's a potato night, Bruce? Just a baked potato night. Nice and simple. Baked potato. Sauteed onions and mushrooms if you like. Asparagus? Asparagus as- if Asparagus if necessary. Alright, good. So come on down. It's a nice nice evening. We're going to uh, celebrate Brooks Reynolds' birthday later. Happy birthday,
1: Brooks. Thanks. Hey. hello. That, that was high.
0: And the soundboard at home just went crazy. <laughs> so anyway, let's talk about uh, a little Hawkeye basketball here, Brucey. Last week, the Hawks came in with high expectations. An opportunity, really, after winning five straight games to come out make a statement against Michigan State have one of those big wins that really good tournament teams have and for 30 minutes I thought wow we got a tournament tournament basketball team there hawks were up like 9 I think you you and I were talking about 8 or 9 and then Michigan State goes on a 43 to 17 run with only two media timeouts called and one maybe by Fran and the the, defense, <laughs> the defensive inefficiency of the Hawks was really exposed there in, during that run. And you know, Brucey, you're you're a, a man who understands statistics and and these sorts of things. You also understand college basketball very well. Iowa doesn't have the kind of point guard that can deal with, with the the guy there at yeah. Michigan State.
1: There's and, a lot of adversity there. Um, but when it starts going south, it goes south hard with our team.
0: It, it does. It, it seems to go fast. Yes. And and it doesn't seem as if we have any sort of st- – you know, we don't have that, that Roger Clemens to come in and stop the losing streak, and we don't have a stopper on defense or, frankly, even on offense to, to – Stem tides and stem runs Well
1: I think with this team the best Offense Having a good offense is our defense Because if we do not make Baskets and they get in transition we're in a lot Of trouble because they The transition defense is not good
0: So as I was watching that game It seemed to me Did you feel Like the Hawks panicked Because I When I say that I don't mean like Went oh, crap, here they come, but more like every time the first second we felt like we had an open shot, we took
1: it. Yeah, a little bit. I see that. Um, I thought a lot of our good defensive first 25 minutes, Michigan State was passing up a lot of shots, trying to find other things, and then they got rushed into some stuff, and I think they kind of kept us in, and then once they finally got in a rhythm, we just had no – answer to get them out of rhythm
0: you know and, and so so take the way that Michigan State plays obviously I watched it play Sunday against Purdue um, Purdue is in my mind clearly I think well they're not the second Michigan Michigan State and Purdue are the top three teams in yes. the big, in the big 10 they all have one thing in common they have great point guards yes and yeah, and by a, an extraordinarily large margin. But Michigan State made that run at Purdue, and Edwards and some of the other key players that Purdue has were able to, to stop it. Yeah. And Iowa doesn't have those kinds of players. So the question is, and yeah. I, this is, could I be any more long-winded at this moment? The question is, is Michigan State just that good that it's re- incredibly difficult to stop them when they get on that sort of run? Or is Iowa just that deficient in terms of what they have and, ha- and how they come up, uh, in a crisis
1: I'll situation. go with a little a bit of both. I think Michigan State has a really superior defense this year, so when they stop, start making stops, they can go on big runs. And I don't think there's anything you can do about it. They've shown that time and time again this year on other teams. Our problem is once our offense stops, our defense can't pick us up. And then it's just, that's the inequity of it.
0: That's a really good point, as you said earlier, that Iowa's offense is its best defense if it's working and if it's scoring. And so let's move Let's not discount the Michigan State game, but segue into the Minnesota game, where I think all of us thought the Hawks had a real chance up there. Yes. Uh, Minnesota had one of their key big guys out. They don't really have a true point guard, which, however, is somewhat scary because they have a lot of guys who are slashers Yes, uh, uh, who can, can drive to the hole, who can make things happen, which is not clearly not Iowa's forte. When it, when it comes to defense. And frankly, I'm trying to find Iowa's forte when it comes to defense. But they had an opportunity the other day, and as you said, made the first
1: five threes yeah, they had, and were down one. Alarming, yeah. Um, the one thing about the two wins on the road, I think we played a lot of against Penn State and Northwestern. We tried to slow it down, played more zone, and tried to make them uncomfortable were in the Minnesota game, we did nothing to make them uncomfortable at all. And by the time we tried to run the zone, it was too late. They were comfortable. You
0: know, they, they were comfortable. They were comfortable in their own shoes, yes. yeah. in their own building, mm-hmm. and and they had found a way to start making shots that yeah. they had not made against other teams. Exactly. You know, Minnesota scores <laughs> 55 points against Michigan the other, uh, like last Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I think it was Tuesday because we were here doing the yeah. show. And then They scored 55 in the first half against the Hawks. Iowa's defense in the last 50 minutes of play has given up 140-some points. And that is not a real good recipe for winning basketball games.
1: No, it looked more like last year where there's a lot more possessions in the game. And we weren't playing under control offensively to lead to happenings on defense that aren't good.
0: Right, and, and, you know, Iowa runs that sort of three-quarter press, one-three-one, diamond, whatever. Sometimes it's designed to get turnovers. Other times it's actually just designed to slow it down so that they only actually have to try and play defense for maybe half the shot clock.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I don't know how many turnovers Iowa made or forced the other day but if it was more than more than 7
1: i'd be surprised i don't think so we're going to do tomorrow they had 7 or 8 i think minnesota for the yeah. game you know and and a lot of it was late and when they did put the press on them and they turned it over a few times and then they missed what six straight free throws
0: they for at one point uh, minnesota went 2 for 9 from the line allowing iowa, iowa to get back in the game And and clearly, the Hawks had an opportunity. Uh, You know, I I don't like to focus on one play in a basketball game. Good Lord, there's between the two teams, there's probably 145 possessions in a game. Uh, But when all of us who played basketball in our youth understood this, that big guys were supposed to find guards when they got the ball, And God bless Tyler Cook. He thinks thinks that he needs to have this sort of game, I think, to go to the next level. But his his decision-making on that play where he decided to run down the court, turn the ball over, and then immediately I got three text messages from two guys here in Ridge, who hopefully may join us here at the uh, bottom, bottom of the hour, of why does he not pass in those sorts of situations. And it, it's a great question. Um, my old coach Jim O'Day would have absolutely would have absolutely just destroyed him. Regardless, we had we. It, I digress, but we had a great player, Grant Goodman, who was extraordinarily athletic. He could have driven down the court and gone up and dunked on somebody. But if he got a defensive rebound, his job was to get the ball to me. Yep. That would have been if I was in running the offense, which wasn't very often. But more likely his job would have been get to Mike Bourne or other guys and guards. And I don't see that out. The only guy who does that is Garza. Yes. Um, even Bear gets the ball on defense and, runs. and, and decides to just, hey, I'm going to go. And I'm like, find the guard who can find the guy. Yes. And even if you find the guard, you might be the guy. Give it to Give it to Jordan, give it to Connor, give it to Moss, and go to the go to the rim. Run to the rim. And you might actually have a chance to just dunk it again.
1: Yeah, um, I don't think Fran coaches him that way. Um, like when it was Dr. Tom, everybody had their position, and you went to your spot every time. Where With Fran, I don't think he coaches enough of situational things like that, in my mind, to know when you're down four with three possessions left, this is what we have to do. That we have to score in this possession. Not. It's not and, and, and four so, minutes into the game. Right, it's so, three possessions left in the game. So
0: we have the ball. Yeah. And Tyler's got the ball. He needs to know, based upon, in theory, and I agree with you, Bruce, on this, he needs to, to find the guy, the guard, who can make the right decision. Who can dribble the ball. Yes. In traffic, without concern or worry. Yes. And so, okay, we were talking before the show. I want you to bring up your idea of this offensive defensive coordinator.
1: Um, I know Michigan's went to it. I know Michigan's went to it the defensive coordinator, and they've been number two in the nation in the last two years in defense. That it, as much money is in college basketball. Why is not just one person held accountable for a defense? It is in football. Um, it is in field hockey. Yeah. It, there's but a you should have an coach, offensive coordinator there's a and a and defensive coordinator. in baseball. Yeah. And so then he knows, he has time to break down just defense and situational defense and all those things with the kids
0: on a, on a game by game basis. Game by game basis. Because obviously matchups in basketball mm-hmm. is the only thing exactly. that matters. yeah. I think this is a brilliant idea. Yeah. I'm not sure you or I is the guy to be the defender. Exactly, he, no.
1: But there are clearly guys in college basketball who, who can and should be. And the beelines of the world out there have went to this. So they're out there, just and, not at Iowa. And clearly... Or it, stated that way, at least, at Iowa.
0: I think that's fair to say, and and my understanding of the of the scout
1: is is that Francis has a scout. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're doing like one game, two weeks out, whatever. Right.
0: You got one game. You got the next game. You got this game, uh, and 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 that's it. But but it, if you had both uh, both aspects mm-hmm. of that game, yes, it does make it harder. Whereas if you split the idea up instead of saying. You got this game. You got this game. But rather, you've got the defense yes. on
1: every game, yes. and you've got the offense on every game. Exactly. And I think that's where college basketball is going. Um, and if Michigan makes another run to the Final Four, I think it's going to happen a lot faster than than you think. Cause they by the middle of last year till the end of the season, you could tell there was a big difference. Well, there's no question defense, that they had a single mind telling them how to do it.
0: Right, there was, there was a complete consistency with which they played defense. Exactly. And uh, the, the downside to the Iowa defensive plan is it relies completely on effort. And day-to-day, that effort may not be there. Whether, as you mentioned earlier, maybe Joe Wieskamp doesn't feel that good. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Jordan Bohannon is stuck in a horrible spot trying to guard a guy who's 6'6 and can drive. Those sorts of things are really, really difficult. Coming up on our first break here, Bruce, we're going to take it right now. This is the Hawkeye Huddle Live And G-Makes 1700 the Champ. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 the Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. Welcome back to the Hawkeye Huddle. Dave Creighton Jr. live. Brucey from g We are live at g at Steak Night. Son Trey, Dave Sr., Father Wayne, all the regulars here at g It's good to see them all. Come on down, Steak Night. What a big thanks to our sponsors. Obviously, G-MIGS. Uh, Kozlowski Law, for your, all your family law needs, call David Kozlowski. We'll get to our Temple to Rye last call. We may actually get Brett Ridge on at the, uh, after the 37 break. And our newest sponsor, Lego Woods Clothiers, if you need some, your own tailor, custom-made suits tray, you can go down. He's uh, done suits for the president of the United States, POTUS. Go to Lego Woods. It's right there at 4th and, I think it's Locust. Locust? Uh no? I don't know. What's the first? Maple. I don't know. It's the first one over there. It's on 4th Street here in the junction. Anyway, go see Pat or Tony. That's a good you. So, Brucey, we've been talking about the Hawks' inefficiency on defense and, and perhaps what can happen. You did mention during, our, during the break a, an interesting point. After the Michigan game on Friday, which is actually a, a,
1: a potentially huge opportunity for Iowa. It is a big opportunity, and I think we can get that one.
0: I I think so, too. And I think, you know, when we talked last week, we thought maybe they could get one or the other against Michigan State. I thought they had a better chance against Michigan State, and for 30 minutes I was right. Because I think the way that Michigan plays defense and dominates the ball is harder for Iowa to guard. But maybe after these two games. We've
1: always been better under Fran against better Defensive team than offensive teams. Our offense usually seems to find points no matter what. So the, the better offensive teams usually affect us more because they're going to score. Because they're minutes. still going to score. Yeah. Where I don't know if Michigan can do that.
0: Well, that's that's true. It, they have been a, a bit on the scoring deficient this year, but incredible on defense. Yes. Um. You know, it's interesting. I was as I was driving over here tonight. I was thinking about. You know, the Hawks beat Minnesota or beat Nebraska in the exact same game that they played against Minnesota, except for they probably got five stops. Yes. And they didn't get those five stops. And and I'm going to point, I'm going back to my coach, Boots O'Day, I don't know how Fran, in their defensive scheme, which I'm presuming is not allowing this, allows guys to fake and go to the baseline and get up, and get to the basket and dunk. And I think I saw it happen. I'm going to say six times, Trey, more than that.
1: Brucey, what do you think? Oh, it was more than that.
0: More than that. So if it was six, eight, or ten times that someone went baseline and dunked the ball, it may or may not have gotten fouled. In my youth, that would have caused me to vomit the very next day for giving up the baseline. Our friend Matt Bullard played under the same coach, Boots Day, And Carl Malone tried to go baseline on him, and he had a foot out of bounds. And he wouldn't allow it because he was taught in the 10th grade that this is how you play defense. And I, for the life of me, don't. I love Luca Garza. I love Tyler Cook. I love all of our Hawkeye players. But for some reason, they seem to allow. They think, okay, the baseline's my friend. It's not. Turn him back in. And force and let guys like Trey's boy Nicholas Bear come over and rake and steal and and make a play. I don't get it, Brizzy. Do you understand this defensive philosophy,
1: or lack thereof? Defensive philosophy. Do you
0: understand this lack thereof?
1: Defensive um, philosophy. No, it's more discipline and just teaching it. I mean, I think that's the that it's just not there. I mean,
0: so. So what you're saying, I think, if I'm hearing you right, is that the concern for the Hawks has always been on offense and the defense has always been secondary. Yes,
1: from what I've heard is they don't practice a lot of defense. Even when they're practicing their offense. Yes, and they said it changed this year. So but let me ask you this. There's been glimpses that it hasn't.
0: So so Fran decides he's all pissed off at his five starters and sets him down. For a six-minute stretch in the middle of a game where I think you actually have a chance to win. Yes. And you put in the defensive team, and you don't stop them. Yes. So how does that work in practice? Does the defensive team hold the Hawkeyes to no points during their time
1: when they're playing? Um, I think it's more when he says stuff like that. It's... More of an effort thing And you can say anything you want about effort But coaching is effort
0: You know what, I tried really hard To be a very good basketball player And I wasn't as good As no. Mike Bourne Because I didn't have any talent Exactly And I wasn't as smart as Jay Hatch And I wasn't as tall as Brett Halley And while Maddie Oliver and I I can still shoot And you shut up <laughs> If I'm in the North Gym at Valley High School right now, I can still knock down 15 of 40 three pointers, and the first 10 are just going to be defined range. I'm just saying this. I gave great effort. It didn't matter. I didn't have enough talent. I. It feels to me like guys are trying hard,
1: and they have talent,
0: but I don't. I think what well, you you have a valid point here. That's.
1: It, it, it doesn't take a lot of effort to get people up for Michigan State. They're going to get up. So it's the other games that it's the coach's job, because he is getting paid. They aren't. He's getting paid a lot. To, to get people up for the game and not just blame it on there's no effort, I'm going to throw somebody else in there. That should be done before the game starts. All right. I feel
0: like for 28 minutes we've been nothing but negative. Let's talk about some positive things that have come from the basketball team. In the last five, six games, I think Isaiah Moss has turned into the player we have wanted to see.
1: He is phenomenal right now.
0: I think a year ago he was considering going to the NBA, and we all laughed and scoffed and went, are you kidding me? And right now I'm actually seeing glimpses of a guy who can play in the league.
1: I think he's our best scorer right now. I think he's the one that um, can kind of get what he wants, you know, in, in a certain offense, like it, the other team can't take him away, I don't think, right now.
0: I, I agree with that. For At one point, he had made like 16 of his last 19 three-point shots. He still has the ability to get the hole. I think his defense has actually improved, and he might be one of those guys. Um, I think, uh, is it Taylor Horton, who plays for Iowa State? Or Horton Tucker? Horton Tucker, or, Tucker yeah. Horton Tucker. Horton Tucker, Cyclo fans of the Hawkeye Huddle, let's make sure we encourage them tonight. I'm actually going to go to an Iowa State basketball game tomorrow. I was given free tickets. I'm not. And I was also given a, boat, a bus ride to uh, Ames. And you're picking, me, you're picking me up at my house, not at the office. Oh, okay. That's okay. So, regardless, Horton Tucker is a guy who scores, and his defense li- livens yes. up yes. because he scores. And I think that's true of many freshmen, but I think Isaiah Moss now as a junior is actually figured that out, where he scores, and if he comes back and plays great defense, he has a chance to score again. And it's been it's been great to see. He's been, and I agree with you, Bruce. I think he's been, without question, our best offensive option over the last four or five games. Yes,
1: he didn't look very good against Michigan State, but. We'll, we'll give him one. The other three games were but, phenomenal. But, he,
0: but he's—he still only missed one three.
1: No, he, I don't know if he scored.
0: Oh, I thought he did. I thought he had like fifteen. He had two points. Oh, he had two.
1: Oh, for two. So he—he he went four for four, five for six, and then six for ten from three in the other three games. Okay. So that's—that's that's as good as anybody out there.
0: But you know, the the other side of the coin is there's no, probably no. Michigan and Michigan State are the only two teams that actually can effectively take away the guy yes. that, that can uh, hurt you the most. And, and they, they can find that key. So here's, here's another question for you, Brucey. Where's Jordan Bohannon
1: gone? I, I think watching it, that a lot of teams have started to get in his grill. And know that all he's going to do is shoot, and if he tries to drive around here, there's no way he can do anything, and they're just getting up in him. So when he's pressed to do something besides just shoot from 27 feet, he's in trouble.
0: And, and you know, you can say what you want about Mike Gassell, but he still had some manner by yes. which he could yeah. go towards the
1: basket. We need somebody else to dribble the ball to get him open which is and, not always there. And since our Cause It seems like when he's on the floor, Connor's not on the floor. Right. There are very few times they're on the floor where he needs Connor to get him open. Right.
0: And so would would you rather have Moss playing the 2 or Jordan right now playing the 2 and I'm going to say Moss.
1: I would rather have Moss play the 3 and just have them all three out there
0: and and put Joe on the bench.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, well yeah. I mean, there's only five places. Yeah, I mean You pick your poison with Joe because his defensive acumen isn't very great right now. It's just... But I think it's one of those that I think they need to go small every once in a while um, just to try to get... No, I could see that. To get it going. I could see where they could... Offensively a little better. They could
0: benefit from having Joe on the bench. And, I mean, Joey's camp is going to be a tremendous Big Ten player. He's he's really gifted. Um, But... High school freshmen for the state of Iowa do not typically come out no. and play solid defense. I don't care if you are a top fifty player in the US according to somebody's rankings. Mm-hmm. They don't play defense in AAU basketball. True. I mean not to not to any level no, that I get matters. That.
1: Um but I, I think that's the only way you're gonna find some more shots for Jordan. because um, the guards he's playing have been Belling him up and not letting him get, and that's why he's stopping now at 32 feet, right? Right. And shooting because he knows that he can't get to 19 feet anymore and have an open look.
0: And Penn State couldn't do that to him. No, they didn't have they didn't have a guy who could who could put that body yeah. on him and, and, so, and stop him in that regard. But it
1: seems like after that game, everybody's just not even letting him get past half court without somebody being on him.
0: Well, and of course Minnesota's got uh, you know they don't have a six two guy. Well, they had one little guy, but it never seemed yeah. like he was guarding Jordan. And everybody else they had was four or five inches taller, yes. guarding him quicker.
1: So, like you said, there's no chance for him to get around, and he can't rise up and shoot. And that was the Minnesota game was probably the most uncomfortable Joe looked with, yeah. with just that, too, because they were bigger and stronger, like what his body's going to be in two years. Right. And he wasn't quite ready for having guys that were that quick guard him.
0: Lack of quickness, but yet still the ability. Luca Garza is an enigma. Uh, He might have the biggest feet I've ever seen, or at least since A.C. Earl. And he scores 25 the other day. He gets gets rebounds. He was driving me crazy on defense um, because of the baseline issue. But he has really turned into an extraordinarily effective player for the Hawks here.
1: Very effective, fiery, and he... uh he wants to be a leader. We don't see that a lot with the players we have. That It seems like he wants to push the other guys to be better.
0: So so we've got, obviously, a big game on Friday. Who Do you think Garza is the guy? Or do you think that everyone's looking at Bohannon and Cook to be the leaders in, that, in, the, uh, in the clubhouse? I forever. think
1: it's going to be more Cook on Friday. Um, can't think of his name, the big boy from Michigan. I don't know if Garza's going to be able to move around him because he's just a big, solid brick wall. Right. Um, so I think it's going to be more the athletic athleticism of Cook that's going to be able to go get the offensive rebounds and have to find a way to score.
0: Well, there's no question that the Hawks, they have shown some great glimpses, and, and we have watched them here for uh now, 21 games. are 16 and five. All five losses in that tier one of the new net, and yet there's gnashing of teeth because I don't think any of us thought they should be 21 and 0. I yeah, mean,
1: no. I think we're where we we're ecstatic with where they're at.
0: I mean, if you if you
1: w would it before the season and said after 21 games they're going to be 16 and five. I think you'd be okay with oh, it. Oh, I'm going to lose a bet. I said they were going to be eighth or worse in the Big Ten. Right, and so, and so they're way better than I thought they were going to be.
0: So here's my question: is is we're going to go to break here in a minute? Maybe we get Ridge here at, at the, after the next break. Is does Iowa have a chance to win more than 11 games in the Big Ten? Yes. You mentioned so the really schedule. Good.
1: All right, the road games are Indiana, Rutgers,
0: completely beatable, beatable,
1: Ohio State. Yeah, Wisconsin. Yeah. And then Nebraska to end the season, but now they've lost players and what are they going to be are they just playing out the string by that time? Well,
0: it you know, it Nebraska is incredible to me because 3 weeks ago they looked like world beaters and now they don't look like they could beat Creighton Prep.
1: But I think we can get 2 or 3 wins on the road even. Hawks get 2 up. or
0: 3 wins on the road. Get home games against uh Michigan, Michigan Northwestern. Maryland. Maryland, that's, it'll be a tough game, but Indiana. certainly win a vote. Indiana. And Rutgers. And Rutgers at home. So, yeah. Six
1: or seven more wins on. We can go a seven and three if we play well.
0: Seven and three. That'd be 23 and eight going to the Big Ten tournament. Probably make them, it's probably a five scene, the Big Ten tournament. Five or six.
1: Yes, five or six.
0: And you're probably missing for sure, obviously, the play in games, but that, that, yeah, you probably have to play that for second day. Yeah. You don't get that. You don't double get, buy is yeah, the top the four. Top four. You don't get those double buys. All right, we'll be back in just a bit on here on the Hawkeye Huddle. 1700, The Champ. You're listening to The Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700, The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. All right, welcome back to the Hawkeye here on 1700, the champion, live at g for Steak Night. Thanks to Brucey for helping us out. I believe we may have the normal co host of the Hawkeye Edel, one Brett Ridge on the
2: horn. Brett,
0: can you hear me?
2: I can. When the music dies down, I can pick you up. It's an it's, uh, interesting thing, but... Uh... Hey, appreciate you holding down the fort without me today. It's uh, been a been a, a long day, and uh, to travel down here. And I have to admit, it's 70 degrees here in Phoenix. Um, so, uh, but I don't want to lay base to think that I've been outside today. But we've been inside all day, not really enjoying the weather. But uh, things are running a little long, so I appreciate uh, Bruce helping you out, and, and everybody helping you out uh, on the show today. And I, I wish I could have heard what you were been talking about because I had so many thoughts over the weekend. Um, about uh, both uh, both games this last week, and I'm sure you've broken them down. Um, so you know it's hard hard to know where you've gone with some of this stuff. But uh, I, I guess I'm more looking forward now, trying to think of, of what what Iowa can do uh, to to really right the ship. And obviously, you got a huge opportunity on Friday night.
0: Yeah, there's no question about that. And Bruce and I did talk about the opportunity that lies ahead here on Friday and. And he made uh, an interesting point. Iowa will struggle against teams that have great offenses because while our offense is uh, exceptionally good, like number 10 or 12 in efficiency in the country, our defense at 127, but against teams that can't score, we seem to do better because we will still figure out a way to get our points. Does that make sense to you, Brett? Uh,
2: you went in and out, so I'm not sure if it did make sense to you to, to me. Well, but I, I would say so. So, so uh,
0: that this is a normal conversation for you, where I go in and out for you.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. Um, I, I would, so, here's the thing about our offense: if, if that was that is uh, interesting to me, is it, is it doesn't necessarily seem to be triggered. One way or the other, obviously, off of the defensive end of the of the court. You know, Iowa gets a little bit of, of everything out of uh, out of a number of different things. So I feel like you know I think there's a lot of ways that they can score. I think it's the mentality that um, is it, it's more the mentality um, of feeding off of defensive stops rather than the opportunities that they create. is that, you know, I know they get some fast break buckets here and there, but that's not their their main bread and butter. I think the bigger thing is, is you know, how are they feeling about how they're playing during the game? And I think you saw it for the Michigan State game where they, I didn't think they gave up. I didn't think they lost heart. I think a lot of people said that. I thought they panicked, you know. And I think the thing is, is that uh, when they panicked, they started overplaying on defense. They started taking chances they shouldn't have. And then they also did the same thing on the offensive end. Ball didn't drop here. Ball didn't drop there. They started hurrying themselves a little bit. The key is mentally to not panic, regardless of what happens in the game, just to keep the steady ship. And I I, I think that, uh, you know, of all the frustrating things the other day with Fran keeping the starters out for a lot of that second half, which I I I, I thought was a bad move. If nothing else, though, what it did do was it calmed them down. You know, it, it, it kind of calmed things, and somehow they got their heads uh, wrapped around what they needed to do moving forward. And I think that's the thing with this group is they got to mentally be in uh, where they need to be to continue to score against good teams like Michigan.
0: Yeah, no, and and I agree with you hundred percent on the panic issue. And, and I, I guess I I didn't really see it on the defensive end in the, in the same way. I mean, I I suppose if you if you look hard, seemed to me like Michigan State was getting so many easy baskets. I didn't consider that being overplaying. But on the other side of the coin, every time that the First, second, someone was open. They were firing that ball up, and to me, that was the panic. Um, yeah, you know the game plan. The game plan against Minnesota was extraordinarily clear, and and honestly, I don't really think it was all that much different than it was against um, uh, Michigan State, and that was to pound the ball inside. And I mean, I'm sitting there watching the game with Trey and Colby going, "Holy cow! They're just going to pound it into Cook." hound it into Garza and let those guys do something and maybe kick it out. Um, And when they did, Moss was knocking him down as he has, you know, essentially over four of the last five games. And that's an interesting offense, not one that I think I was really truly prepared to see. I always felt like going down inside was more of the secondary option. Clearly, in this case, it's become his primary option on the offensive end. But at the end of the day, if you can't figure out some manner by which to not give up 10 or 12 or 15 dunks in a game for layups, you're going to lose.
2: Well, and definitely, you know, see, I, I love the idea of, of taking it down low against Michigan State because I think they realized that, that unless Michigan State doubled and fouled a lot, they're going to get opportunities. And they did. And in that second half, the officials swallowed the whistles and, and kind of let, you know, let Michigan State do what they get to do, which is to, you know, tackle and push and shove. And that frustrated Iowa. And then on the other end, you, you start to, the frustration starts to go uh, in a direction where you start, uh, you know, like I say, taking a few chances. Maybe you're a step slow. You're starting to lose a little heart here and there, and you're panicking a little bit. And I agree. You know, I, I'm not sure what the mentality was when they came out on Sunday and just kind of stood around and watching guys go to the hole so quickly. Minnesota was a step quicker. I don't, I don't know where that like comes from, but YM,
0: it was like watching YMCA yeah. basketball defense.
2: Yeah, it was. It, it was. It was definitely. I mean, I, I, I saw a number of times there were literally okay. We put both hands up. We get in front of somebody. And just watch them go right around us. So I'm not sure uh, how you know how that develops. If that's a hangover from the previous game or whatever, but. Uh you know, obviously we've seen them play better than that. And so it's funny, you know, I was doing a lot of tweeting, frustrated tweeting at times during the game dinner day, but people are saying, well, what What made you think that they could do any better? They haven't done any better on the road this year. Well, I've seen them play at home, and I've seen them play better at home. I didn't see it in the second half against Michigan State, but I certainly have seen them play with much more active hands, uh, getting in the lanes, rotating definitely differently rebounding better, they've done it. So it's not a question of capability. It, it's There's something else going on there, and so uh, I have confidence that they can do it. And I think, you know, you can still have confidence. Michigan is, is a great team, but they're a beatable team, and certainly Indiana next week as well. So the next couple of games, we wanted to go through this stretch of four, splitting it, going two and two, uh, and I, I still think that's on the table. And even if you can get one, that would be good. But uh, I still think it's on the table for these guys particularly now that maybe maybe the other teams won't you know be gunning for him quite so much
0: well yeah that's a, that's a reasonably good point is that iowa may have lost its luster in terms of the target standpoint hey before we go to our temple to ride last call which is coming up here let's uh quickly mention megan gustison for the ninth time this year big 10 women player of the week as the hawks get two big victories uh Over this week, one over Rutgers and, of course, Purdue last week. She is just amazing and is now being compared to Ronnie Lester as the greatest Iowa basketball player who's ever been at the the school.
2: Well, uh, what was this, uh, her 19th double-double in a row or something like that? And uh, this is her ninth uh, Big Ten Player of the Week. And so if she gets one more, she will have broken the uh, all-time record for that for somebody in a single season. Uh, she's tied herself from last year uh, it is incredible and, you know the there's there's uh, the best compliment you can pay to her is when uh, C. Vivian Stringer right. legendary coach not only for Iowa but obviously for Rutgers said we had no answer for her we did everything we could think of and we had no answer and when a coach like that uh, who has talent on her team can't figure out how to stop her at all says I have no answer you, you know there is no answer and uh, so it, it really is, uh, you have to put her in that same breath as being the most dominant player, certainly uh, at the University of Iowa in basketball ever.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And uh, the wrestlers come through with two big wins. Spencer Lee dodges his nemesis. Uh, yeah, what was that all about? I, I mean, they call him the Seabass. Well, I believe that this is Tom Brands and Spencer Lee uh trying to get into this kid's head who beat him at the uh at the Midlands. Um, the one thirty pounder, uh D whatever's his name of Desarnos or whatever, he's now number three in the country. Um who's yeah, he's come in and just done an amazing job. And then at, at fifty seven our guy ducks, the dude from Northwestern as well. I think these are all ploys and tactics. Uh, the Hawks are trying to use to uh, gain momentum for the Big Tens and not give away any secrets, whatever that might be in a wrestling match. Right. All right. All right. We right, we've got three minutes left. Time for the Temple to Rye, last call. we got a big game on Friday against uh, Michigan. You're going. you got seats. You going, with Andrew? You, you're sitting by yourself. i got the whole, uh, Rich,
2: this is a uh, starting to become a tradition. I buy, a, buy tickets for the whole family uh, once a year. So mom and dad and uh and uh of course my wife Amy nice. my sister Nicole uh, Walden, not taking the dog though but uh, no <laughs> dogs. but we got no but uh even bought it did buy an extra ticket for Andrew so it'll be eight of us there uh I I tell you what I sound stupid I like the Hawks I like the Hawks in this game by 8 to 10 points uh this wow. is the comeback and um I like them I just do I, I I'm I, I'm still a believer in what they're doing, and I even, you know, as much as I didn't like it the other day, I even play, think Fran's little message you sent to him seemed to ride the ship a little bit at a point in time in the other day. So they're still learning, and I think they're going to get better and better, and, and we're going to be happy with it.
0: All right, well, I want, obviously want the Hawks to win. I just, I, until they can prove they can guard somebody, I'm just not going to take them against teams that are, that are ostensibly better than them in that regard. And I think Michigan wins a really close game on on Friday night. I really hope not. I'll be obviously rooting hard and cheering for them. I just, I just don't see it happening unless there is some huge step up of leadership in this in the locker room, which I have not yet figured out who that might be and who that could be. And that to me is the problem. When you don't know exactly who your leader is, I think that's a problem. So anyway, I, I hope they do, but I, I don't I'm going against it this week.
2: Well so, it's always worth anyway, a shot to it's always it, it's always worth a shot to watch a game like this. And uh, when those big you know, this is one of those opportunities for the for the big upset to come along and be the be the thing that buoys you down the road.
0: Exactly. All right, Brett, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks for everyone coming down to G Happy birthday, Brooks Reynolds. Join us on the Hawk Idol and 1700 the Champ next
2: week.